And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Welcome, everyone. We are live from the bunker. And I know everybody's probably watching Nick Ricato's stream right now. So uh, if you're here in replay, welcome. <laughs> My name is Jason Hunt. I am the editor here at Sci-Fi for Me. And what a day. I Yeah, Mazeris, the, the Rittenhouse thing. I, there are days. There are days when I sit there and I think, you know, wait, I, I've got a background in this kind of thing. I've done news. I could do a channel like this. And then I look at what's going on there and I'm thinking, no, I just don't even, I just don't even want to dive into that pool anymore. It's, <sighs> although it has been interesting to watch this morning, I'll tell you that. Uh, I will, I will not offer an opinion here because that's not what this channel is about. <clears throat> But it's been interesting. Oh, I hear you over there. You just, you just, mind your P's and Q's. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, for those of you who are with us live, uh, good to have you here. We do have the chat open. Comments are always active. Uh, and, um, and we, uh, we have a lot of social media channels and you can connect with us there too. The, the email address live from the bunker is sci-fi for me.com. And uh, if you prefer podcasts, we're on a number of platforms with this show as well as the H2O podcast. So uh, join us over there. And we recently connected those two shows as podcast feeds to our Facebook page. And it's only available as far as I can tell. On mobile, so if you're using your mobile Facebook Meta app, uh, then you can see our podcast feed uh, there as well, and you don't have to go find it on uh, other places. But we we do ask if you do listen to this show as a podcast, let us know because I would like to know who's listening to us in Ireland and Germany and and. Iceland. If you're listening to us in Iceland, send me an email and let us know what are you doing in Iceland. Do you live in Iceland? Are you stationed in Iceland? What is there in Iceland? I know. I know Iceland is just gorgeous country, uh, but it surprises me every time I see we've got listeners in Iceland. I'm like, who in Iceland would be listening to us? Of all the things that you can not not that I'm not grateful. I like knowing that we've got listeners in Iceland and Denmark and. New Zealand and Australia and Germany. It's fun. It's fun looking at that map. Uh, I see Robert in the chat. Uh, Rittenhouse discussion or non-discussion? Eh, I mean, you guys can talk amongst yourselves about it. I'm not going to cover it on this show. But uh, um, Riketa's doing a bang-up job. He, he, he and he and his, pan, his cohort of lawyers commenting on everything. Uh... I'd, I'd say this thing is over. That's that's all I'm going to say, but I'd, I'd say it's it's over by now. It's just now the only thing left is to sweep the floor, 
show's done. Go home. Good night, everybody. That's 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 what this feels like today. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I'm not a lawyer, and I don't play one on TV, and I never have, and I never will. So there's that. Uh, real quick, congratulations are in order to Mr. Paul Rudd. Our hometown boy done good. He's finally been named the sexiest man alive. <clears throat> right. I I don't think it's a coincidence either that this happens just as he starts to get out of Tom Cruise syndrome and starts to show his age a little bit. There is something to be said for older men. I I don't know what you I don't know what you're cheeking about over there. You you married an older man, so you don't have any much room to talk. You cook and you have a dog. I cook and I have a dog. And you have a microphone. <laughs> all right. Uh so there is that. Yes, we're on all the social medias as well, so connect with us over there. All right. So Let's get into this. Spider-Man No Way Home. The movie is coming soon. What's the what's the release date on this here? It's um you have the internet. I have the internet. I have the internet. I didn't have time to look that up. I was running late this morning. Premiere is December 17th, so it's not that far away. And over the last few days, there has been a little bit of a brouhaha stirred up on social media because John Campia, over at the John Campia show, apparently, as I understand it, apparently got a hold of a couple of photographs from Spider-Man No Way Home. Now, this there has been there has been a a photograph circulating online that has all three of the Spider-Man actors, Tom Holland, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, all standing there, what appears to be next to a newsstand or a, a spinner rack or something. You see blurred out in the background, you see Charlie Cox. That one is Photoshop. That one is fake. And it has been debunked and it's been revealed as fake for a number of weeks now. That thing's been circulating for gobs of time. And there have been other photos that have come in and out and they're clearly Photoshop jobs. Now that one is very clean. It's a very good Photoshop job, but it's, it's a fake. However, there are a couple of other photographs that John Campia got a hold of, whether somebody sent it to him or he stumbled across them, I, you know, the circumstances being what they were are, are, are irrelevant to this. But Campia decides to put his watermark on these photographs, kind of similar to what we get with, with just Jared posting all these behind-the-scenes snaps and the, the paparazzi photos of the people walking back and forth from the set in their robes that cover their, their costumes and whatnot when we're looking at some of the different Star Wars things. And Campia puts his the John Campia Show logo on, on these photos and posts them. And he says, if, if I'm, I'm looking at this, um, 
He thought he thought they were fake. <laughs> Robert says, "I always wear a robe. Makes me feel regal." <laughs> I I'm I'm hit and miss on a robe. It depends on how cold Mrs. Boss has turned the fortress here. Um, but the the debate on whether or not the photos were fake very 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 quickly went away uh, because Campia put he deleted them, but not before everything blew up and now they're circulating all over the place. I'm not going to show them here because I don't want to. I don't want to propagate the spoilers because there are spoilers. It's not necessarily plot spoilers, and it doesn't necessarily really offer up any surprises for those of us who are paying attention. It's more these two photos confirm what we pretty much already knew, even though it's not official that what we know is happening is actually happening. The resultant brouhaha, especially after Grace Randolph put her true sense worth in and says, yes, they're real. Uh, you know, Andy Signor has, has piped up about it. There's been a number of, of YouTubers who have been talking about it. And I want to look at the idea, because this goes, this goes into a broader topic. It's not just the Spider-Man leaks. It's not just leaked images of a particular project. But this idea of vetting your information. Doomcock does a lot of this where he has a number of sources telling him things, he says, and he quotes, but he also says at those times where he's not able to corroborate or independently verify, he'll make He'll make known that he's tried to chase this down. Uh, his recent video about Kathleen Kennedy's status, uh, he mentions that he's had some information for a number of weeks and tried to pin down some confirmations before he reported on them. And that's, by and large, responsible journalism. You want to make sure that the information that you share is accurate, is true, at least as far as you're able to verify. But then you have the decision of whether or not to share that information. And I go back to, I believe it was Socrates, talking about gossip. Somebody, I want, somebody, you correct me on this if I'm not, if I don't have this right with, with Socrates. But the four questions... Is it true? Does it benefit me? Does it harm me? What was the fourth question? Something something about does it does it does it help society or something like that. But basically these questions of if if you're if you're about to tell me something is it in my best interest for me to know this? Or are you telling me this to do harm to somebody else? Oh, you'll never know. You'll never believe what I heard about 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 Jan. You you won't believe what I heard. You know the 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 water cooler talk, the gossip. 
Scripture says don't gossip. Common sense would say don't gossip because it generally comes back to bite you. So the decision to post these photographs, that's on Campion. Whether he actually thought they were fakes or not, he still posted them. And as a journalist, as somebody who is in the media, he's got a responsibility, as do all of us other media outlets, if we're going to be responsible in best journalism practices, we do our best to verify and vet the information that we get. And that actually factors in here because there's a number of websites <clears throat> that we use as sources knowing that they're hit and miss on credibility. And there are a few where we'll get a link in the prep sheet and we have to go diving for the original story because some of these websites are not very reliable or they'll put some kind of a spin on something that isn't actually there in the story. They'll start making assumptions, they'll draw conclusions, and my instructions to everybody who writes articles here, news articles, is we go back as far as we can to the original source for the story. Because I don't want to rely on second and third and fourth person hearsay, because then it becomes a game of telephone. I have seen these photographs. They don't look fake. And they are consistent with some other things that have come up as far as behind-the-scenes photos that people deny are behind-the-scenes photos, but it actually looks like they might be. But the decision to publish, do you... Do you demonstrate integrity by choosing not to publish something? Because if it's a leak, a lot of times the way, the way these things work, when we get information, say, from a studio, we get a link to a trailer, we get a link to a screener, we get a, a, a set of photographs, we get some interview snippets or whatnot, and... A lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times, those pieces that the studio provides come with an embargo. And essentially it's, here, we're giving you this early. You can talk about it after this date. So the embargo, we've, we've seen a number of people mention the embargo on reviews. Uh, on social media, you know, hey, I just saw, I just saw the Eternals. I'll be able to talk about it when the embargo lifts on Friday, you know, that kind of thing. So when you get that kind of thing, when you get official material from the studio or the publicity departments or whoever, and they say this, this is embargoed until X date, then you have a responsibility, your decision to honor that embargo speaks to your ethics. Okay, you've asked me to hold this until Friday. I'm not going to I'm not going to publish my review until Friday because that's when the embargo lifts. And 
we've seen in the past a number of mentions where various different media outlets talk about losing access. If I do something to tick off the people at Disney, then they're not going to give me access to the me- to the to the stuff anymore. They're not going to they're not going to let me be part of the media list anymore. So there's a there's a line here. But that's what that's what the stuff that officially comes from the people who are officially responsible for all of that. When it comes to leaks, that's a different kettle of fish. Because now you have material that is not officially sanctioned or sourced. And depending on where you got it, you either have a reliable source giving you this information or you don't. And, and it is up to you as the journalist to vet these things. Where did this come from? Who gave it to you? How did you get this? And we see this now in the discussion over the, over the Ashley Biden diary, where Project Veritas comes in and they did this whole thing. This, you know, we've, we've had this. We couldn't verify it was authentic, so we chose not to publish it. Which is the smart, ethical, responsible thing to do. I can't verify this information. This information would have a material impact on the subject of this information, and so I'm not going to publish it because I can't verify that it's true or not. And Campia has a responsibility to do his best, and we all do, we all do. Andy Signor does, Grace Randolph does, just Jared, in any of these people. We all have a responsibility that when we get stuff leaked to us, when we obtain material that we're not officially supposed to have, we have a responsibility to try to vet the authenticity of that. And then you have to decide, okay, are you going to publish it or not? Is it newsworthy or not? And that's that's a jump that's a jump ball. I mean that you you could go either way with that depending on your on your subject matter, depending on your audience, depending on your topic. And you also have to consider the consequences of when you publish something like that. And when Campia posts those photographs and claims that he thought they were fake, now the question comes up because of all of the brouhaha, all of the stir that has come up over the over the weekend or over the last few days. I have to wonder, and this is just me wondering, because of the backlash, because everybody is now talking about John Campia, I have to wonder if Campia did all of this on purpose, if this is by design where he puts it out, pulls it, says, I thought they were fake, and now we're all talking about John Campia. From a marketing standpoint, we're all wagging our tongues about John Campia now. Bravo for him. Some people are talking about him in a decidedly negative way. And I think they're justified in that. If this was some kind of a strategy 
to get people talking about Spider-Man No Way Home. Okay. I'm not sure... I wouldn't put it past the studio, but I don't know that this would be some kind of strategy on their part. <clears throat> uh, Robert says, I wouldn't get caught in the trap of thinking official sources are automatically prioritized over leaks. Since when has the internet been about letting official sources dominate discourse? Well, it's, it's not really about... It's not really about prioritizing. It's about verifying. Because I can get official material all day long from various different studios and I can choose not to publish it because it's not something that we cover. Romantic comedy, for example, or documentaries. I get a, I get a lot of links to documentary stuff. We don't cover documentaries. This, that's not in our wheelhouse. And if, if you get official material, you can choose whether or not to publish that just as much as you choose to publish unofficial material, the leaks and stuff. Now, the leaks get, get a sense of priority sometimes because, ooh, they're leaks. We've got a scoop. We're revealing a secret, you know, that kind of thing. There's that, there's that gossipy insider, I know something you don't know type of sense that comes with that. And in any decision to publish something, the question must always be asked, is this newsworthy? Is this worth the time and effort to share with our audience? Is there a benefit? Again, we go back to who benefits. Now, who benefits from John Campia putting out a couple of leaked photos and then pulling them back and we have all this discourse? We've heard that there are three trailers that have been put together. Um, and Sony apparently is deciding which one is going to be the one they release prior to the movie opening. One of them, out of the three, I've seen from a couple of different places, uh, one of those trailers has Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. The other two do not. So they're trying to decide which one. And yes, Robert, you're right. Just because information is official doesn't make it more likely to represent the truth. But in this particular case, though, uh, and, I, and I, I, I totally get it about government agencies and that kind of thing and disinformation. And yes, we have had several examples of studios, well, producers, J.J. Abrams, Russell T. Davies, uh, anybody involved with Marvel lying through their teeth over things. But the way we report those things is J.J. Abrams says this. And, you know, we quote them, whatever they say, then it's still back on them whether they've told us the truth or not. We report as we get information. And... We verify as best we can, and a lot of times here, I'll, I'll make a point of saying, and I know Doomcock does this, and I know other, other channels do this as well, we haven't been able to verify this. This is coming from this website, which is hit and miss on, on reliability. Take this with a grain of salt. We always try to distinguish the rumor from the, the facts as we know it. <clears throat> 
And yes, studios could offer up material that is misleading. It's happened before, and, and you get caught up in that. And that's where that trust but verify comes in. Am I looking at something that is actually what it is I'm looking at? And there comes with that a need for critical thinking as well as a consideration for your audience. Because if I post a bunch of things that turn out not to be true, I'm going to lose my audience. Unless I'm Mike Zero. Mike Zero can post fabrications all he wants, and he gets to keep his audience. But that's, that's his shtick, right? Some people can build their entire channel on things that are not true. But if they're a parody account, they get away with it. Some, some channels build their audience by wild, exaggerated hyperbole. And as long as you know going into it that that's what you're getting, then there's, a, there's an understanding between the audience and the, and the person who's giving you the material, the, the, the creator, the, the performer, or the, the reporter... I mean, when you go and look at Alex Jones' channel, for example, you know what you're going to get. When you listen to Coast to Coast with George Norrie, you know what you're going to get. When you watch C-SPAN, you know what you're going to get. Because every media outlet has an identity, has a brand. And we talked a little bit about this yesterday with with the whole thing with Keith Olbermann and, and the quartering, with Jeremy and the quartering. You know, there is a brand. The brand is not necessarily the person that works there. The brand is the brand. Sci-Fi for me is a brand. And under that brand, I have a specific agenda for what kind of things we do. And and I will admit that I skate the edge on a, on a few days with this show on that, I have to be very careful not to go too deep in the weeds with some discussions. That's one of the reasons why I like to have guests, is because we can talk about the guest and I don't have to rant about President Asterisk. But the decision to publish something, that's on, that's on the editors of whatever site, newspaper, TV show. So why would something like this happen? Why would Campia do something like this? I can't, I, I can't claim to be in his head. I don't know him. I don't know what the circumstances were. But I want to speculate on a couple of things after the break. Stand by. This is Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Be sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our channels so you don't miss our next broadcast. And um, I did read a fun review where someone was like, you know, I consider this film is, it's all in her head. And they put forth their reasons why none of this is actually happening. Because she runs around the film a lot, covered in blood and nobody reacts. I know, I know. 
Foreign Bodies, Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, only on Sci-Fi For Me TV. Back live from the bunker, Jason Hunt here. And I looked it up. It is the rule of three, Socrates, the test of three. The first test is truth. Is what you're going to tell me true? Have you made absolutely sure that what you're about to tell me is true? The second test is goodness. Is what you're about to tell me something good? And the third test is usefulness. Is this something that will be useful to me? And if what you're about to tell me is none of those things, then I don't need to hear it. And you have a, a responsibility as a media outlet to try to put some sort of a, of a standard test to the material that you're trying to, uh, that you're trying to put out there. And in this particular case, I have to wonder if there is some kind of underlying agenda because there are a number of reasons why a media outlet, and, and I'm not going to say Campia specifically because this could be anybody. We could, we could do it if, if I so chose to. But there are a, a, a few different circumstances where I could see somebody thinking that this could be a good strategy for something. We see it a lot in politics where an idea is floated out there to see what kind of reaction it gets. Uh, the beginning of a discussion of a policy, for example, or, you know, you start to float certain words certain phrases uh, that all, all, all of a sudden everybody is using the same turn of phrase in the media coverage of a particular topic. Um, there could be a reason why maybe, maybe it's meant to generate buzz. We get people talking about it. <clears throat> it could be a... a the purpose is to distract from something else. It could be to determine what the audience is willing to accept or not. And that goes back to the beginning where you're floating a trial balloon to see what works. It's kind of like a focus group type of thing writ large. Where... Uh, in focus groups, marketing companies will come in and they will have variations of a thing, whether it's a, a marketing campaign or it's a poster or it's a product, and they get a focus group. They get a, a group of people together. Tell me what you think about this thing. And they'll ask all sorts of questions and they'll get all sorts of answers. And based on those, those focus group information, based on the, those interviews... They determine what kind of a strategy they're going to use for marketing this particular thing. <clears throat> and sometimes there's an agenda to, to promote their thing. Sometimes there's an agenda to deflate interest and, 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 and have people not pay attention to something else. 
so I see in this particular case with the Spider-Man leaks, I see a few different possibilities. And I'm just spitballing here. This is just me basically filling a half an hour because I have a half an hour here. So on the one possibility, let's just look at Campia's motivations first. And again, I have no idea what he was thinking when he did this. I'm throwing out various possible scenarios. One possibility could be Campia's falling behind on his uh, statistics. His analytics tell him he's losing audience. Maybe videos aren't performing as well as they have. I don't know. Is he losing subscribers? Is he getting some more negative feedback or blowback or people aren't paying attention to him? I don't, I don't know what his numbers are. Could he feel like he needs to generate some buzz about the John Campia show? That's a possibility. Marketing for his own benefit. Another possibility is that Sony goes to him and says, here's what we want to do. Maybe this is a marketing strategy on the part of, of Sony Studios. Sony Pictures comes in and says, John, here's a couple of pictures. We want you to post them and then take them away and pretend they're fake and we generate buzz. Now we're all talking about those leaked photos. It primes the pump for the hype, right? Because we were all talking about it and we're still talking about it. We're talking about it almost more than the official poster. Because the official poster came out this week too. So that's a possibility that the studio says we're going to do this to generate some buzz. You know, we're, we're a month away. This is the beginning of when we're going to start seeing the marketing ramp up for this. Because Eternals is out. Eternals is in theaters. So we're past that date. All of the, all of the marketing ahead of, of Eternals was focused on Eternals. Now we can turn and focus on No Way Home. It's also possible that we're creating a situation where people are talking about this and not talking about Eternals being unbalanced, boring the Rotten Tomatoes score for audience is fairly high but the critics score is I think in the 40 percentile range so maybe somebody at Sony is saying we need to we need we need a distraction we don't need the media focused so much on how badly Eternals is doing we need them talking about something else so this could be part of that could be it could be one of those things where uh, we want positive buzz about the next movie because a lot of people I mean really let's be honest a lot of people are looking forward to Spider-Man No Way Home and not that many people were all that excited about the Eternals because well, yeah, well, yeah, it did take forever, but also, who are these people? I mean, yes, Jack Kirby created them, but people outside of the comics 
world aren't going to know anything about them. It's like Guardians of the Galaxy. But <clears throat> the other possibility is that it's Marvel that did this, not Sony. Because maybe, maybe, maybe it is a distraction meant to draw our attention away from the rumors that Bob Chapek and Kevin Feige are buttonheads. That's a rumor. The word is... The word for the day is salt. The word is that... Apparently, the report is, allegedly... I, I hate putting a bunch of qualifiers on it because it sounds like I'm dodging, but I'm, I'm not dodging. I haven't verified. But I'm, I'm, I'm sharing this to put, to put these possibilities into context. There is an allegation that they were talking about various different projects that the Walt Disney Company is, is moving forward on. And it was Kevin Feige's turn to talk about Marvel and Phase 4. And the report is that when Feige started talking about Phase 4, Chapek shut him down and said, who are you going to get to replace Iron Man? Because Iron Man now was one of the most popular characters in, in the first three phases of Marvel in the whole uh, Infinity Saga. Who are you going to get to replace Iron Man? And Feige's answer reportedly was Riri Williams, to which Bob Chapek apparently responded, but her books don't sell. And there's an indication that Bob Chapek is paying attention to the sales of the comic books on which a lot of these movies are based. That comes as a surprise to some people. I'm really not that surprised that the CEO of the company would pay attention to the performance of the company and the various different divisions of the company, at least peripherally. But if you have, <clears throat> if you have a division that is related to one of your most successful divisions, you're going to pay attention to it. And if this is true, and if Bob Chapek and Kevin Feige are button heads over the direction that Phase 4 Marvel Studios will take, and if the report is true that Bob Chapek says, we don't need your woke agenda in Phase 4 of the Marvel movies, people are going to be talking about that. Whether it's accurate or not, it's a rumor, and people will talk about rumors. So, how do you get people talking about something else? You throw some red meat out there. People are very, very excited at the possibility that we're going to have three different Spider-Mans in this next movie. Tobey Maguire, uh, Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield. Multiverse, right? Um, so let's throw a couple of leaks out because people have been talking about Charlie Cox as well. Daredevil's in this thing. You know, Matt Murdock, he, he's not going to suit up. But Matt Murdock's in this thing. Everybody's all excited. Well, let's feed that excitement. 
Let's have people talking about that and not talking about the performance of the Eternals. Let's have them not talking about the feud between Feige and JPEG. Let's have them not talking about the status of Kathleen Kennedy's contract because renewal date has come and gone as far as we understand the terms of the contract and we have not heard anything one way or the other if Kathleen Kennedy is staying on at Lucasfilm. Now, we've got the indefinite delay of Patty Jenkins' Rogue Squadron And we've got word that Kevin Feige is talking to Chloe Zhao about directing his Star Wars picture. But we don't know if Kathleen Kennedy is still going to be at Lucasfilm or not. Indiana Jones 5 has been pushed back a year. So maybe, maybe this is a distraction from all of that. Let's get people talking about the things that is anticipated with great enthusiasm and get them not talking about this other stuff we don't want them talking about. It's, uh, it's a possibility. I just think that on the face of it, what Campia did was a little irresponsible. Whether he did it deliberately in order to get tongues wagging, or if he just made an honest mistake, he should have been a little bit more careful. Unless this was by design. That's the only thing I can think of, is what benefit is there? Because if I go out there, and I have 50,000 people subscribed to my channel, or however many he's got, and he goes out and he says... Leaked photographs. And if the leaked photographs turn out to be fake, then that damages his credibility. If he puts a bunch of stuff out, leaked photographs, and then he pulls them, and then after the fact says, well, I thought they were fake, and turns out they're not, well, why didn't you verify it before you posted it? Again, damage to credibility. So Campia had to be willing to take a hit on his credibility and professionalism one way or the other by posting these. Who benefits from that? Does Campia benefit from that? I don't think so. Other than people are talking about him. I'm sure he's probably going to get some more eyeballs on his channel after this. Maybe. Does Sony benefit? Maybe. People are talking about Spider-Man. They're not talking about anything else. Does Marvel benefit? You betcha. We're talking about we're talking about Spider-Man. We're gonna build up the enthusiasm and the anticipation. Now the other possibility is that Sony did this to see how much of a reaction they got from the photo of the three in order to determine whether or not they want to put that trailer out and thus reveal it officially 
or hold it back and not reveal it officially put out one of the other trailers. That's a possibility too. Market research is like that sometimes. But again, Campia's got to be sitting there weighing the pros and cons to this. What's the return on investment for this? If I do this, what do I get out of it? What's the goal? How does Campia benefit from this? I don't have an answer. Manny in the chat says, Riri Williams sadly had one good run. Um, okay, I haven't read any of her stuff, so I, don't, I can't speak to that. I don't know. I've heard mixed things about her character, her arc, the type of character that she is, the setup for her character being um, poor quality, let's say. I have not read any of those stories. And it's funny because last, last night, uh, Mrs. Boss and I were tr talking about all of the different Marvel projects that were in, in play right now. And trying to... I should have recorded it. <clears throat> trying to get straight in her mind all of the different connections and all of the different projects and who's doing what, where, and how they're connected and, and all of this. It was a very entertaining conversation, let's say. <coughs> Especially given the fact that Mrs. Boss was half asleep. But she was still able to keep track. She's smart that way. But, you know, talking about Morbius and Spider-Man and Venom and... Moon Knight and Kit Harrington playing the Black Knight and the Eternals and where does this guy fit in and where does that fit in and who owns these rights and what about this rights and that makes me think this is the other thing that I think I posted a question over on social media on Saturday we had the news we reported that the Writers Guild of America has issued a prohibition to their members saying that Writers Guild members, so anybody writing a screenplay or a teleplay, are prohibited under Rule 8 from working with Constantine Films, the German film company. And <clears throat> this is an interesting thing here. Now, this is completely unrelated to any of the Spider-Man stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm defaulting here. I've, I've gotten... I've gotten sidetracked. We're going we're gonna to do this here real quick because it, I, I think it's important because it bears some on the future of Phase 4. Because we hear we're supposed to get a Fantastic Four movie. Now, the Writers Guild Working Rule 8 says that guild members are not allowed to work for companies that are not signatories to the Writers Guild. So basically, the Writers Guild has a number of different contract templates that they use based on the budget of the film, the writer gets this range of salary and these considerations and these benefits and all of that. And the Writers Guild has filed a complaint Basically saying that Constantine Films, it's a German film company, 
has not paid the proper amount of compensation and health benefits and all that other stuff for their guild members that have worked for them. And so as of now, they're invoking Working Rule 8. They are negotiating with Constantine in the, in the midst of all of this, trying to resolve these issues. But stop and consider that Constantine Films has the rights, at least partially, to the Fantastic Four. And they have since the, the Roger Corman movie. If you go back and look at all of the different Fantastic Four films, Constantine film has been there from the beginning. And the way the contract is, the way I understand the contract to be, as long as Constantine Films makes a Fantastic Four movie within a set amount of time, they can maintain their license of the rights to the characters. Now, with Disney buying 20th Century Fox, their ownership of the Fantastic Four comes back in-house, but Constantine Films is still somehow involved, maybe. Maybe. I don't know what the arrangement is currently, but they were involved in the Josh Trank Fantastic Four movie. And they were involved in the other two that uh, Ian Gruffold and... Uh, what's her name? Jessica Alba. Those movies. Constantine Film was involved with those too. And if they're still involved... And if this Writers Guild prohibition remains in place for however long it takes to resolve this, how much is that going to impact whether or not we get a Fantastic Four film? Just something to leave you thinking, hmm, as we head out. But the, the photographs, if you want to find them, they're still out there. They don't spoil anything so much as they confirm things that we already knew. So there's nothing in those photographs that indicate any kind of plot details or anything that we didn't already know. So there's not going to be a spoiler from that sense. It's just a photograph. There's no context for the photos. We don't get a scene. We don't get any behind-the-scenes video or anything like that. So we don't know what's going on. We don't know what's happening still. But you can find them out there still if you really want to look for them. That's on you. In the meantime, we're going to do our best here to maintain our integrity when it comes to publishing things that we know for a fact or we've been told is a fact or we think it's a rumor, we will tell you such. And we'll see what happens from there. All right, so, <coughs> excuse me, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks very much for being here, everyone. If you're just finding the channel, we do invite you to subscribe have your notifications turned on. Again, congratulations to Paul Rudd for being the sexiest man alive. <clears throat> I may demand a recount. 
Well, okay. To be fair, to be fair, in my home, I am the sexiest man alive. <laughs> I hear you over there. We have a hide a bed, you know. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks very much for being here, everyone. The, the email for feedback, live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com. Find us on all of the social media. And that includes Gab and Parlor and Locals and MeWe and Minds. And uh, we do uh, invite you to uh, be over on Odyssey as well. Oh, I see a, I see a cat mane. Leaving a comment, Marvel definitely did it. They did it to make Sony look weak so they lose confidence so Disney can buy them. That's an interesting theory. I don't think Disney is setting out to buy Sony um, because Sony is rather large. Uh, it could be it could be a tactic to get the rights back, maybe. I'm not sure how all of that is spelled out because the way that the way that they're doing it right now is as a co-production between Sony and Marvel Studios. Uh, so Marvel Studios taking the lead as the production company and Sony doing the distribution. But then you come into play with all of the other Spider-Man properties that Sony is working on. Morbius being one of them and the Venom movies being another, the, the, the Craven movie that's coming out. So Marvel possibly did it. I don't know that the that the end goal was to buy Sony because I don't think that the I don't I don't think the Department of Justice or the or the uh, the SEC would allow for that. But I didn't think they'd let the the deal with Fox go through. So at this point, anything's possible, I guess. All right, so we will continue to keep an eye on it. If we do get reliable news, we'll report it. And uh, you can see different posts and links and stuff that we post over on our social media. And, of course, uh, go over to sci-fi4me.com, sign up for our newsletter. I need to get one out. And uh, we'll be back to do all of this again tomorrow. Uh, don't forget, coming up this weekend, Good Morning Multiverse at uh, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 Central. And is this a week for foreign bodies? I think it is. Are we doing a show tomorrow for Veterans Day? There is a possibility. Uh, Saturday at 1 p.m., Foreign Bodies. Uh, I'm waiting to hear back on a confirmation for a possible guest tomorrow. I don't have that confirmation yet, though. So we're working on that. But, that, again, find us on social media. We'll announce it. All right. Thanks very much for being here, everyone. Have a good day. And if you're going to go over to Riketa's stream... More power to you. Bye. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2021 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.